Basketball Buds is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts. And because Game Time tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals. Dave, guess like the percentage off that these tickets could end up being. 10%? 20. Guys, go higher than that. 30. 30? No, higher. All right, uh, hold on. This just seems ridiculous. There's no way it's 40% off. That's right, Dave. Up to 60% off. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not, it's not just it's not just sports tickets guys there's other stuff music concerts the theater theater you want to go see hamilton maybe it's on there i don't know theater but the theater what's up theater theater the theater but anything you want sports concerts music theater anything some of your favorite artists in theater shows are available it's as easy as a two tap checkout was Anything that you want to purchase, two taps. It's right at your hands. So the Game Time apps my whole life. Game Time is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or the App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets. That's right, Dave. Up to sixty percent off. That's incredible. Welcome to the Back to Back Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. We're supposed to get two inches of snow. We got over a foot. <laughs> Holy shit! Living yeah. out there. <laughs> Thank you, weathermen, for that. I mean, I how brought, do you mess up that bad? That's bad. I mean, that's I terrible. Cold weather to Atlanta, so you know, whatever terrible. happens. So it starts snowing here. I'm working. I'm working, and um, and I leave, and you know, it's slow going. And I, but the problem is, you get to these crossroads, and the plow has come the other way, and therefore it creates a, a wall of snow. Yeah. So then I am so nervous because last year I got into an accident during a snowstorm. So I, I like have to backtrack six miles to go and find another road that leads to the road I'm trying to get on. Get on that road and find my way all the way to my, uh, you know, where my uh, subdivision is. And I can't get into that road because it hasn't been plowed. So I have to wait another 45 minutes. I call the police and have them call the, the uh, plow people. And so 45 minutes later, the plow comes and plows me into my subdivision, right? He leads me right down to my house. And then when I get to my house, there's another three feet of snow in front of my driveway. So then I have to get out of the car and shovel my driveway for the next hour. <laughs> from from the time I left my uh, my where I am now to getting home was two and a half hours it took me. And it's, an eight, um, it's eight miles away. It's eight miles. Away. It's sixty degrees today, and I, frankly, a little nippy, you know, out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, f- f- Fifty-eight here, and I'm just man. I'm cozy. Yeah. Up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lock it in. There's like someone drilling next door to me right now. Can you hear yeah. it? Congratulations. Call you in a minute. This is the basketball buzz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Logic and reason. With Zach Harper. Oh man, if you put Gordy in Atlanta, we can kiss Waz goodbye from Los Angeles. <laughs> Big Waz. These beautiful words about pop are the best advertisement for the CIA that I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs>
funny. I've seen the machine in the basement of Madison Square Garden turning out hundred dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, this isn't for weed. This is a you know lifetime achievement award right now that he's getting. I've been wanting to say that for a long time. South will rise again. I'll tell you I'm just gonna tell you what I think. I, I don't think it's inconsistent. I want to apologize for all the physical and mental abuse the whole time you were here. You've been popped, right? Y- yes. He may have big bones, but he doesn't have big meniscus. What? Why would I wear pants or shorts or anything? Everyone does well when you have good results. Produced by Jade Hoy. Is my mic on? Yes. A lot of women have pictures in the dating apps with Jeff Goldberg. It's enough of a thing that Jeff Goldberg has commented on. Right. If they get caught, he gets thrown in jail. Mecca of basketball. Are you making calls for Fred Cat? Because Cat has been killing it. I don't know if he's that good. Everybody knows if you go back in time, don't do anything. The ramifications can be quite severe. A journey which along the way will bring to you new colors, new dimensions, new I can't deal with that. I can't deal with it. Weather is a big deal in life. I think part of me wonders if it's genetic because Allie, I think, likes the idea of being out somewhere cold. She visited Chicago during the winter vortex, the polar vortex, and enjoys getting bundled up. And I I just can't do I can't do anything that Jade talked about. Any of that in my life, I can't handle. Can't I can't handle. I mean, I kind of lost. In retrospect, I thought it was fun, but... As I was going through it, I was really getting frustrated when I got to my house. Oh, the last thing, the kicker, was that the kids took the shovel and put it somewhere. Mm. And there was a – because of the wind, there was like two feet of snow in my backyard. So I'm looking out and going, it's somewhere under this. (laughs) Oh, man. So I I open the door. At 2 in the morning, I'm yelling up to my wife, Han! I don't even own a shovel. I I couldn't even tell you where to get one. (laughs) <laughs> that's, how, that's how little a shovel has been involved in my life. Because even when I lived in Minneapolis, like I lived in buildings where all that stuff was taken care of for you, right? Like I've never had to like really, sh- I've never had to shovel snow in my life. So this is the thing. So yeah, that's the thing. Minneapolis, incredibly cold, but everything is built according to it's going to be bitterly cold. Right. I felt like living in New York was too much for me in part because even though New York doesn't have as cold of weather as some of these other cities like Minneapolis or even Boston on the East Coast. You walk everywhere in New York. You're always feeling it. You're always walking outside. That's the reason it's just it's inconvenient. You're going through that sludge. You know, it's not like those Lexus commercials where the cars have those decorative bows on them and it's scenic and pastoral. No, get a big bow like that. I don't I don't know. And I've got some other thoughts on it. I don't like the car commercial where that 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 woman just seems very entitled to the exact car between the two and goes, uh, what was it? I love that one or whatever to her husband. I mean, come on, come on. Like what? You're going to you're going to claim it. You're just going to claim it. But anyway, look. In New York, when the snow hits the ground, it just turns into gray sludge shit instantly. It is not beautiful. It is ugly. It's just gross. Like, who wants to live in that? The, the, by the way, the, the shovel threw me out over the cliff because this week, or in the last week, my, my wife's engagement ring has gone missing. Mm. And uh not blaming the kids. It could have been the cat. Could have been the cat. So Check the, check the local pawn shops. <laughs> Grayson, Grayson, maybe try to get some extra YouTube money. Oh, that's where he got that car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Hey, do you do this thing where you mm-hmm. hide things from your children and then you ultimately hide them? You hide them from yourself. From myself. Because that's yes. what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I just found uh, in the basement. I was cleaning out my basement the other day and I found like two things I had bought for my wife that I totally mis- yeah. hid from the kids. It's hilarious. She said that. Whoa. Kamala Harris dropped out of the presidential race. Fantastic update, Ethan. Welcome Thank to the you. Basketball Buds edition of the Back to Back Podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Zach Harper. That's Ethan Strauss with your political updates. That's Dave DeFore with your great <laughs> guesses on game time percentages. We've got Wozni Lambre, who's telling you who has the best style throughout this podcast. What else? We got Jade Hoy producing. Um, Ethan, what has what has your what has your brain more wrapped right now other than the presidential race is it player development with the golden state warriors or is it trying to find that next player for the warriors to develop oh personally it's the second one i mean i am completely Scout Ethan is a different level it's it's a different beast you know completely. what you know what's <laughs> funny about this is i feel like scout ethan should annoy me as much as baseball. baseball I knew you were going to say but that. For some reason, I'm all in. I'm all yeah. in on Scout Ethan. Well, I can't. Baseball Ethan can't tell you anything you don't already know. Scout Ethan can potentially watch some Pac-12 games in the middle of the wee hours and uh, send some information back so you can get a little something out of it. Uh, that's what I'm discovering, at least, is that, man, when you start doing this draft stuff, and I'm not a, I'm not an expert like our man Sam Vicini. The CD. Um, I'm not an expert like that. I haven't, I, I haven't watched these guys since they were 14, 15 at all these tournaments, but it is such a vast, vast uh, amount of data to comb through that I think there's any appreciation uh, from just people on teams because people on teams will reach out to me and, and ask what I thought because a lot of them, frankly, aren't staying up and watching these Australian games in the middle of the night. Um, so I've just found that it's just a rich trove of unknown, especially this draft. It seems it is unsettled. It is not it is not the case that we have a Zion or whoever at this juncture where it's the number one pick. It seems like 10 guys might be the number one pick right now. I think I think the maybe surprising thing to a lot of people who haven't paid attention necessarily and more just kind of thought of the whole ball family as a circus is the mm-hmm. fact, Dave, that Lamella Ball is really freaking good. Like he's, um, he's pretty spectacular, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he does a lot of interesting stuff, but I mean, I, I just think that uh, a guy that shoots as much as he does, I, I'd love for him to be a better shooter. I can give the counter Lamella Ball take. Yeah, you oh, had Ethan, would... Ethan actually had a Lamelo Ball exper- um, experience, um, conspiracy Uh-oh. earlier this week that I that I thought was really interesting. Oh boy, we, uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that in the pod. Was that's one that just lives in the group chat. Oh, okay, 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 yeah, it's it's kind of <laughs> salacious and comes at the integrity <laughs> of certain people. Yeah, 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 you're right. We can't talk yeah. about that. But, <laughs> Wait, but now, I was... now I need a bossa nova. Nah, Lamelo gets clicks. Yeah, you know. I mean that, that that could be that could be a, that could be a theory that could be a theory right there. Look, here's my anti-Lamelo take with the admission A plus handle A A plus court vision. You know that's the Lamelo right. That's the Lamelo case. Six foot seven, A plus handle, A plus uh, A plus court vision. That is the case. Uh, the counter case, I, I think, of the things to isolate uh, would be that he is shooting forty six percent on two pointers 
in the Australia League. I think that would be the the very simple counter case that that is nowhere near good enough. And then when you bring in that the three point shot doesn't fall and that the form looks funky and that's all over. The place, man. I, I mean, you know, just point guards. If your point guard can't shoot, that is a problem. That is a problem. And maybe teams can convince themselves that they'll fix it properly. Um, but you're going to you're going to spend the number one pick on that. That's going to be no. the number one pick. That just seems like way too much risk. I think Anthony Edwards is probably the guy. I mean, if we're going draft talk, I, I just like he's got really, really good size. I mean, he's got an NBA body and does a lot of stuff. And then he's he's one of those those athletes that's like top tier. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's going to be tough for the team with the number one yeah. pick to not take him. And, and Wiseman is an interesting case, too, because, you know. Yeah. His size and athleticism. But do you want to spend the number one pick on a big man? I, I think a lot of GMs are going Probably away. Not. It's like drafting a running back in, in the NFL. Um, and Wiseman is at least really athletic and you could understand it, but you're not even going to get a good look at him because of all this weirdness with the NCAA regulations in Memphis. Uh, Edwards could definitely be the guy. Uh, it's funny because offensively he doesn't really use that athleticism so much. He's kind of a off the dribble three point guy, which is exciting. Um, but a lot of scouts are a little bit, a little bit down on him and a little bit down on why doesn't he make that team better for instance. And, uh, I, I mean, one of the most intriguing guys to me, but I don't think he's going to get into that number one pick conversation, but I was up watching him last night play against the South Dakota coyotes, which is the other thing I'm discovering. It's hilarious. (laughs) That's different about watching college basketball is sometimes you'll put on a game and just the other team, you're watching them going, this is, I just never see anything like this in the NBA where the other team looks like just some dudes. <laughs> they just look like some guys. I didn't even know South Dakota had a division one basketball team. <laughs> They're a mid-major, the South Dakota Coyotes. And they've got also, some guys. A few years ago, Ethan, I, I tried to convince people that the Dakotas, Montana, Wyoming are all basically a conspiracy. Like, I don't know that it, they actually exist. So yeah. I've, I've been to three of the four. I haven't been to North Dakota. <laughs> been three of the four Dakotas. <laughs> okay. I've been to three of the four Dakotas. <laughs> I've been to North Dakota, but I've been to South Dakota, West Dakota, and the other West Dakota. <laughs> okay. And, uh, <laughs> and so I stayed at a haunted hotel in Wyoming, Dakota. Once. <laughs> Cheyenne, Wyoming, Dakota. Uh, I've been to Yellowstone National Park in uh, Wyoming and Montana, Dakota, uh, multiple times <laughs> in my life. And with that said, I spent you know a decent amount of time. I- I'm with you. I don't know that they actually exist. <laughs> yeah, and when you go out there to you know Wind River Country or or, or whatever it is out there, it which is, casino uh, is that? Uh, no, it's a movie. <laughs> oh, it's a movie called Wind River. It's made by the guy who did uh, Hell or High Water. Uh, okay. It's really good. Both those movies are really. Is that good. the joint with Jeremy Renner? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a decent movie. Yeah, that's a good movie. I think uh, I watched that on a plane. That was a plane movie. It's a good plane movie. Definitely a good plane movie. Um, more emotional than you thought it would be. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but yeah, the, those South Dakota Coyotes, man, they they had guys who looked like they were in a Y league. They really did. It was just shapes of human beings that you never see in a, a setting that you associate with high level basketball. And it was disappointing actually to see uh, Jaden McDaniel struggle so much in the second half against the against the Coyotes. And apparently, some scouts are annoyed that he 
hit a three when the game was already over just to uh it was this thing that that rankled them you know it's okay. uh i, I take back what i said earlier hearing <laughs> hearing it's disappointing to see Jaden mcdaniel's struggle against the south dakota coyotes is as I, annoying I, as the baseball ethan takes i do that Look, I don't care. I more care that he wasn't dominating those coyotes, those fighting coyotes, who, by the way, were holding on pretty strong for I a while. I think you guys are crazy to downplay the LaMelo ball. Really? Yeah. I think he's really, really good. Like, I think, I, I, sure, the shooting, but the, but the shot isn't, it's not Lonzo broken. Like, the shot's oh, very workable. It's all over the place, man. Like, his hands wind up in different places a lot. I, I think, I think yeah. hand placement, I think, is the easiest thing to fix. I mean, I mean I'm just saying, like, it's, his feet are always different. I mean, it, it's, it's not great. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a ball shot. I'll take, I'll take fixing that guy's jumper with six, seven and unbelievable court vision. Yeah. Like, I'll, t- oh, I'll, I get it. I'll take that. Yeah, I, I actually made the argument that if someone could convince him to play more like Ricky Rubio, where he picks his spots on shooting, that that maybe he could be like a really, really, really great player because of the vision and the and the size and stuff. But it really is Ricky Rubio combined with Jamal Crawford, which is why <laughs> Zach loves him. But that is the exact yeah, lightheaded. Might be Ricky Davis mixed with Ricky. Rubio. No, no, no. It's, a, I, I will stand by my th- this comp is a perfect combo face mash comp. He is Ricky Rubio, Jamal Crawford. That is LaMelo Ball. I, 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 lower. Th- I challenge anybody to say why I'm wrong. And a worse shooter than Jamal Crawford. Yeah, yeah well, Jamal Crawford, great shooter. Yeah, not not really. A good I shooter. don't know. Check out the Seattle Pro Am. Mm-hmm. Knocking down Fair. forty footers Fair. regularly. That's a great. That's a great counterpoint. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's. I didn't. I didn't factor that in. So I do think Jamal Crawford's a great shooter. I would agree with Zach. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think you can be a great shooter while still taking bad shots. Can you be a great shooter but not making shots though? That's see. That's the question. Well, but it's the difficult. It's the level of difficulty. Ask yeah, Jordan Poole that question. <laughs> Well, Jordan Poole is someone that the the Warriors are hoping will develop, right? Um, How is that development process going? There's uh, on the athletic.com, Dynasty Interrupted. We have the resources this season. The Warriors player development project is one key to building the next contender. Ethan, is this the sign that you've accepted your fate? Or you just decide, yeah, screw it. I guess we're in a player development program now. Yeah, I'm into that, man. I, I... I like the shift of it all. I, I enjoy it. A lot of fans might not. I think the Warriors TV ratings are down 53% Ooh. this season. So, uh, no, yeah, no stuff, no ratings. Um, so yeah, a, lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of fans are, uh, a lot of fans might not be so intrigued, but I love watching young players and seeing if they're going to reach their potential. There's some mystery there. You try to project it out and I've, I've enjoyed it with the Warriors. I've enjoyed seeing Pascal, um, already seem like a quality player and I'm watching him improve his passing vision and that's fun to watch. I think, I mean, Amari, Amari Spellman is just a major fattest potential disguise guy. That I mean, is you your favorite. Him. Yeah. 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 I'm so I'm very into that and I'm, I'm, I'm very keyed in. And meanwhile, Jordan Poole is the worst player in basketball right now. I mean, I'm not sure there's anybody anybody close at this juncture maybe i'm not watching everybody by play you uh, mean like a rotational player a yeah, guy getting rotation minutes yeah, he's the worst guy in- getting minutes you know a guy i mean let, let's look at these numbers uh maybe even a guy not getting minutes <laughs> yeah. 
He's averaged 25 minutes per game this season. Um, and he is shooting 26.5% from the field. Um, and 25.2% from three. Uh, that doesn't sound great. Is he like being encouraged to gun? Is that what's happening? It's like they're throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Honestly, I, I, I wish it was that, um, I want him to do well for, for him. I don't want anybody to fail, but it's a lot of missed open shots. It's a lot of missed wide open shots at the beginning. He was gunning at the beginning. And people were saying, I like it. Just keep shooting. They're going to start falling. And it just never happened. Then he started to gun less. And then it's just, it's, it's a bad scene. It's very uncomfortable. And I think he said something, he said something in an interview about how it's just basketball or, or whatnot. It was was the type of thing that might be a, a normal um, human being with perspective thing to say, but I don't think it was the kind of thing you wanted to hear if you're the Warriors or if you're a fan who's hoping that he pulls his way out of it. When when he's going, it's not life and death. Yeah, objectively true, it's not life and death. But you, I think, would would just you you would want a different mentality if you were very concerned about this whole thing correcting itself. So that one that one isn't going so well. Pascal and Spellman, those ones are going really well. On wide open two-point field goals, that's six feet or more of room. On wide open two-point field goals, uh, 19.3%. Or no, I'm sorry, 14.3%. I read the wrong column, 14.3. It's like LaMelo Ball. It's so so bad. It's so bad. I mean, honestly, I I have more faith when the LaMelo shots go up that that those are going in. And it, it looks, you know, some nights... It looks like a rigged carnival game where they they rattle in and out. But a lot of nights, they're not even close. <laughs> they're really not close. I just wonder what's going on. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Alec Burks because he's he's a part of the um, oh, Waz Get to the Baja All-Stars where I just unreasonably like guys who can get to the rack. Doesn't matter if they like finish or not, like Jeff Teague and Tony Roten. Like how does um Burks look this year with the Warriors? I always loved him. I mean, he's, he's looked pretty good. Um, he's been above expectations, but you've shown more interest, I think, than the fans and media have shown him Burks because he's not a great quote and he's mm. not really representative of the future. So Jordan Poole <laughs> scoring 15 <laughs> points would be an event at chase center and we would gather around. And if that same night Burke squared 30, um, and he was going last and Ritter pulled out Alec Burks. I feel <laughs> like the whole press conference would empty out. By the way, he's shooting 39% of the, on the season. Yeah, but he's getting to the, he's getting, he's to, the getting to the bar. Well, that's what he does. I mean, he gets to the bar, but he's also, you know, <laughs> who's going to trade, who's going to trade for Burks. Um, the Santa Cruz warriors. <laughs> I don't know. Was did you know his nickname is Houdini? No, I did not know yeah. that. Wow, yeah. is that on Basketball Reference? Yeah, but but it's something they would reference in jazz games, like jazz broadcasts. Really? Because it, because he was so like crafty around the rim and everything, and getting into the rim. <laughs> yeah, I see that I see that on uh, basketball. Zach, the tone in your voice when you're explaining <laughs> this nickname is I'm I'm sensing something there. I, I don't I don't know what I'm sensing, but something's there. I wouldn't call it belief, you know? Yeah. 
Hey, man. Ver- so this you, is where we're at. You have to judge relative war. to the other this, players. This is where we're at with the war. So, Ethan, what is the most important development project currently for the Warriors? Is it Pascal? I think so. I think that gives them um, a tremendous advantage if they just get a rotation player from a second round pick. And if he's even more than that, I mean, right now what's cool about him is he looks like a power forward. He's got power forward strength, but he, he doesn't move how he looks. He's got this speed and handle of a perimeter player and he can just dominate certain matchups. And look, there are defenders you can throw at him that will, that will shut him down, right? Like that, that, that exists. But here's the thing. Not every team just has a bunch of big wing defenders. And if next year the Warriors bring everybody back, I don't think those teams can afford to throw that kind of wing defender at him. So I think it's a it's a really good development um, for him to be as effective as he is in isolation against the right matchups. I think it's going to be a great tool for the Warriors going forward, if not a trade piece, should they go that route. Steph's absolutely coming back this year, right? Like, he has to play, right? Like, you can't just sit the whole season because your hand hurt. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. They had that uh, – they had to redo the surgery, and I, I just don't see a whole lot of incentive. He doesn't like to miss games. I mean, he's got a he's got a complex about it, I think, in the way that maybe some right. other players who had it all guaranteed. Um, That's why I believe he's coming back. I think yeah. it's a him thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. By the way, Jade, I can hang out for a little while. I haven't been invited on the uh, I haven't been invited on the podcast yet that I'm supposed to go to. So I don't know what's going on with that. So I can hang around. Oh, Unless you want to okay. kick me out. I don't, no, I don't no, know. I thought you had to go at 130. I don't know. I don't know. We talk about anything. We talk about how much you hated the Irishman. We could talk about, uh, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> so Ethan doesn't have a hard out. Speaking of hard outs, get Roman, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> get wow. Roman.com. Hard That's outs, hard ends, any of that. Talk Zach about hasn't rec- lost his mojo. No, man, have not r- lost my mojo. Speaking of, don't don't just don't just brush it off. Don't brush off erectile dysfunction if you're going through it. We know it's not easy to talk about, but don't just say, "Ah, oh, I lost my mojo." Dave, that's not what we say, right? Was well, we don't right. say I. Well, I don't say I had a long day at work, honey. Yeah, Sorry. and it's not one of those things that you could just rub some dirt on it and keep pushing, right? Usually, that makes it worse. Yeah, uh, but with Get Roman. It's easy to talk about. You can talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. You get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. It's such a straightforward, simple, and discreet process. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman's going to ship it to you with free two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash back and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash back. Get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash back for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash back. Speaking of back, how do we get back to the regular season mattering? Is it an in-season tournament like it's being kicked around? Mark Stein of the New York Times reported yesterday that part of the compensation being discussed to make teams buy in is an extra draft pick, maybe a first-round pick for the winning team of the uh, of the old mid-season tournament should it come into fruition. But Dave, 
kind of need players to buy in and saying, hey, we, here's an extra chance for someone to replace right. you with a salary control. Uh, probably not the way to do it. So here was my my idea that I kicked a Waz on the Daily Ding last night um, that you can obviously subscribe to and, and get the Daily Ding from all of us every single morning right in your feed when you wake up, uh, is that it needs to be overt, the compensation. It needs to be like the World Series of Poker, just like $10 million in cash on the scores table throughout Ooh. all the tournament games. Like they need to see that money right in front it. of them. They, I, I feel like uh, that that's a good start. I feel like you could even put it in a cage or something and suspend it above the above the floor. <laughs> like they should they should do this uh, like for a week at MSG and all everyone's in New York for the week. It, I mean, if you're going to do it, which I, I, I think is an awful idea. And I think that all the. I want it. I want the, it to be such a such a presentation of money that it's yes. featured in a future oceans movie. Yeah, that's it what I want. People yeah. uncomfortable with how much money it is. Yeah. So then it should be in Vegas. Then, well, yeah. so Vegas could be interesting, right? You just get you know like run it like summer league, but and people love going to Vegas. Why are players so like? <laughs> it's just a, it's just a terrible. I mean, the whole thing is a bad idea. I think the comps to this the soccer cup play is, is exactly right there's no incentive for the players to play there's no honestly there's not really much incentive for the for the teams to want their players to play it's not actually cutting games we might wind up with more games depending on how they do it i just i don't know man they're they're trying to sell a, a tv product is what they're doing and and they don't want to take their medicine i mean yeah. all all yep. just everything points to the same thing Everything points to the same thing. The the sports that have scarcity have their ratings going up in this modern era. The sports that don't, that fill schedules, are losing out to all the competition in entertainment. Now, we are so socially connected that you have a big event. It almost is a force multiplier where we're talking about it on our social media. And we're talking about it with each other. And we're all going to gather around to see the big event, whether it's a big boxing uh, do you say boxing fight? Is that a phrase people Match. say? Yeah, a big fight. boxing fight. fight. A big boxing. Oh, fight. going to the old boxing fight tonight at Madison Square Garden. A, yeah, you just call it a fight. It's like I'm an alien. Uh, I I too would like to go to the boxing fight. Um, I so whether it's a big boxing match, um, or if it's a, a big football game, We're going but to the NBA hoops game tonight. Yeah, big old NBA hoops game. Um, but when it's these sports where they're just filling out the schedule, uh, those are the ones that are seeing some serious slack. And then I do think there are some other aspects to it. Um, I, I, I Everybody brings their theory of why they don't like the NBA, and that becomes the explanation. But I think there was a critical mass of many of those uh, perhaps peripheral aspects uh, that accumulated and did hurt the overall NBA brand, right? Any of these things in isolation, I don't think would do it. I don't think the China thing, for instance, would do it necessarily. But when it all combines, it's become a bit of a problem. Is it possible when we're thinking about the the NBA as a daily TV product, right? Like that's the value in it. But is daily TV just less valuable? Like, is it less important now? Because when was the last time you watched like network TV that wasn't a sporting event? I don't watch right? TV. Right. Everybody's then, streaming then I'm a TV snob, though, Dave. Like, right. I, I, but everybody well, is like, you're watching Netflix, you're watching Disney Plus. You right. Know, you, you, I mean, I think Mark Cuban's comments on it recently were pretty apt. And, and I know it's been said before, but I think the fact that you got to go to cable to watch a lot of this stuff. 
hurt. I, yeah, nobody's I, nobody's brought up the cord cutting, which is also because network network TV still does numbers for the most part, right? right. Like I, yeah. in comparison to everything else. Yeah, and and the cord cutters, which is which the next question it does um, Zach the NFL that, does. People, <laughs> that people oh, just NFL, conveniently yeah. ignore is that. The freaking illegal streams. Like, you right. know how easy it is to illegally well, stream the League Pass sucks, too. Like, well, League Pass legitimately Dave, sucks. Dave, when I tell you that last night I'm on my Apple TV and I'm on the NBA app in my Apple TV that I've used all season. Yep. And it tells me you don't have a subscription yep. connected to this account. And I hadn't logged out. There hadn't been an update. There had, and no. it took me... 40 minutes of logging in, logging back out, change my password, making sure that everything was on the same page. 40 goddamn minutes yeah. just to be able to watch Suns Hornets. Right. You could you could have just gone on the internet in three minutes and found an illegal stream that right. would never break, right? right. Hey, uh, so, Zach. So like, yeah. Zach, Seth is part of this now. See what I did there? See what I did? Go, oh. take, a, go take a lap around the sky. Okay. <laughs> Wait a second. Ah. Wait, is Zach is Zach killing League Pass right now? Because I'm yes, hammering. We're, we're yeah, all we're, killing. We're, yeah, we're all, all killing. I'm prepared it. to let him continue doing that. Seth, <laughs> you guys took me 40 minutes to associate an account that already had a subscription. Hey, Major League Baseball had a better streaming product a decade ago than the NBA has Yo, right. Now. It's great. MLB.TV is great. It's fantastic. And and League Pass is awful. International League Pass is better. But not as reliable. I used to use ball streams, which I don't know if y'all know about that. But I think that that hurts them quite a bit. That the product itself, like what you actually use to watch the game, sucks. But the big thing, and I, I think that I think you're right. I think Cuban's right. How come they're not doing an ABC game on Saturday? You know, like as soon as basketball or as soon as uh, college football is done. Like, why wait until Christmas for the big kickoff? Why not just start the damn season? on Christmas and have a national TV schedule right away. Like it just seems like the season's too long because of the attention span of people. Like, you know, the, we talk all the time about the dregs and it's the dregs for us. Cause we're day in day out. Yeah. But it's the dregs for normal people too, man. Like it's just so long and it's hard for them to care. Yeah. And another thing that we don't talk about enough, I don't think is that the NBA's perpetually battling a race issue. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the, the sport is super black, and this is still America. So you still got challenges when it comes to selling the game to a, you know, a wider audience, which is also why I think they love pursuing the international stuff. Because, you know, it's just it's just easier to sell this game because there's less of these issues <laughs> you why know the, when it, why the zach collins injury is such a big deal was <laughs> right um <laughs> and it's why i wish luca was from indiana man right yeah, i wish man. he was from indiana that yo man this thing would be humming right now that hype can't machine. we just call him luke donaldson <laughs> <laughs> so my like, i think waz has got a great point my question is why like I'm sorry if I'm if I'm being serious now for a second. No, sorry. no, go no, ahead. No, no, but someone no, needs to be. You know, the league spent so much time trying to convince people that don't actually like basketball that they want to like basketball. And why are you right? You know, what, like the the people who are gonna say the stuff they say about like college basketball being better because you know people try. Like I think we all know what that. Really I know means. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and and so like. You know that's not a person who's reachable. So right, that's not, that's not why are you a, why are you aiming your marketing at them? 
by, you know, by, you know, big market team and guy who was a star six years ago rather than the guy who's going to be a star next year. I think the, the biggest thing is losing fans, right? Like you're maybe not going to gain more fans. It, it, this is domestically. But losing fans is an issue. And, and I think that a lot of that has to – I mean because playoff ratings, I know the finals weren't great. But the playoffs did okay last year I think. And, and so it's because the games have no weight. And when they have no weight, you know, like we can't – it's hard to build up. Actually, this is something that I, I'm trying to change about myself and the way I talk about the regular season games. I, w- I would like to start pretending or at least acting like the games have importance. And so, you know, you've, we've got some this week actually got quite a few big games. I'm trying to treat them as such just to see if it, you know, if it alone, makes their three big games. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, there are games happening. But I think the fact that they have no time to breathe before and after. So you don't like the analysis is tough. So, like, when we're creating this this loop where we're, you know, as media, we're, we're almost we're not selling the game. But to a certain degree, we're, we're a part. Yeah. Right. And when you watch the NFL, I mean, these are two totally different products, but NFL media, you know, they've got the whole week to build up these matchups and then afterwards, you know, to look back. And I, I think that that's missing from the NBA and it's just tough to do because of how many games there are. So I think this is and part of this is is spurred by the the backlash of James Harden, 60 points in 30 minutes of the night is. I, and I had a real, I had a real problem with this, and this is going to be shocking that I had a problem with stuff that was going on on Twitter. But um, I, I'm trying to just focus on the enjoyment of the game itself, like not even like, oh, this game matters tonight, Dave. Like watching James Harden drop 60 in three quarters was fucking ridiculous, right? Yeah. Like it, like it was like that is a performance that all of a sudden be like, well, he had 23 free throws, and, all, and I'm like, right, like just look, this look, is, I don't think you don't have to love James Harden, you don't even have to enjoy his game, whatever. But like that's a moment. Right. Well, and I think instead of, I think instead of negatively dissecting this stuff, like you can just celebrate a cool moment of like, that's incredible. Like, that's an incredible performance. I'm not saying you have to be PR for the league necessarily. Right. right? Like, I'm not saying that, but I'm like, that's a moment that instantly becomes a negative conversation. And I'm just looking at like, why is that a negative conversation? Well, there's the Twitter, the Twitterization of yeah. basketball. And, and the Twitter yeah. bubble is a horrible right. way to make And this it. is why every time right. I hear some some show say that they're adding like more social media segments or, um, you know, bu- building a show around it, I, I'm out. Because I do think that the more casual fan, the, the average NBA fan, would just be like, wow, 60 points in three quarters. You yeah, know, like it is a big deal. And I, and I think that we we kind of do a disservice to the entire thing when we when we do this. Well, he shot twenty three free throws, and they were playing the Hawks. I mean, it's still an NBA team. Yeah, and and the thing is, um, that thirtieth power lost, and part yeah. of why you know which got um, them a win last night. Me, me and Jade actually had a, a, a back and forth about the superstars not playing and and this and that. Like when you go to an NBA arena. Like everybody's freaking enjoying it. Like that's right. Whoever is on the court, I just think there's enough moments, and the product is actually entertaining enough, right? That we don't need to do all of this other ancillary, well, story and build up and blah 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 blah. And superstars is like, if if you get people to watch, they're gonna enjoy it. Um, it's just a matter of 
you know, building some type of importance around it, like Ethan mentioned. Uh, I think the, the actual product on the court, like watching James Harden do his stop and start dribble, where nobody knows where the hell he's coming and going, right? And can't guard him. You know, the other night, Paul George put a move on, um, geez, I, oh, against the Wizards. You know, he dribbles behind his back and he does the scoop layup and he does the show. Like, there's always that kind of stuff happening every single game. I think the league just needs to get get back to marketing that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it's tough. Can, and by the way, the load management stuff, I, I do want to push back on this. It's really, there, not a lot of teams doing this load management thing. And it, and when you look, like, you know, people were hitting Memphis for resting John Morant, but the guy had knee surgery yeah. a few months ago. <laughs> Kawhi, right? Like, like Kawhi Leonard is the one guy who's who's having load management, but we know he's hurt. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, does yeah. it speak me, for Clippers me, fans? Yes. Me, I like. I think I have some perspective here. Players want to play. Kawhi right. wants to play. If Kawhi could play two nights in a row, he'd love to play two nights in a row. Kawhi, like I, you know, I don't know Kawhi, but I can. I feel fairly confident in saying that, like the choice he's making and making in consultation with doctors and other experts is like, okay, to play at the level I want to play at where I can be arguably the best player in the game. I can't do that two nights in a row. So what does that mean? And that's like, that is more important than, and that's, and it's because he has an injury. It's not because he's, you know, unconditioned or, or anything like that. He has like a, a chronic condition that does not allow him to reach that level on consecutive nights. If he could, he would. He wants to. Guys will run through walls. I'm fine, Doc. I can. I can go. Right. And no, we're gonna we're gonna sit you out tonight. That's how those conversations, in in my observation, go 99 percent of the time. Like it's just like players like, don't tank. Yeah, Premier League has 20 teams. They play 38 games. 38 games. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. <laughs> 58 games is a balanced schedule. You play each team, like each team plays a home and away, and you can get rid of conferences. You could do the one through 16 seating. You can, if you started October 1st, it's 28 weeks to April 15th. You can do it. So every team plays two games a week, except for one week where they have to play three games. Never have a back to back. You never have any of these issues. Everyone's playing at full rest hopefully full strength. They're going to be healthier. The travel's easier because obviously fewer games they are traveling less. There's just so many reasons for it. And, you know, and remember Tom Haberstroh wrote that article and and he talked to Daryl Morey and feels like the league could actually wind up making more money with fewer games. So let me, uh, let me, so a little bit devil's advocate here because I kind of want to the, the like that the, the the drastically shortened season proposal like I think there's one kind of group that never really gets their fair shake in that discussion and I'm not you know I I'm not sure where I come down on this but I think it you know when it's people like us talking about it right and it's you know that 58 games where everyone was was rested and ready to go every night that would be great for us the people who like lose out are the people Waz is talking about the people in the arena like you're talking sure. you know you're you know, you're going from that's that's your you're you're cutting a third of the chances off that that someone could go. You know, someone in in Charlotte could go yeah. see an NBA and game. ticket and prices. And, and, and yeah, not, you're making it more expensive for sure. Yeah, and you're making it they, more, yeah, at least when so, they go, it's and, meaningful. You know, well, I see, well, but it's you know. Me, but it might be meaningful for them now, right? right? Like, I mean, right. 
if that's I mean, there's a hundred to go. They're like, having a good time. What right. Is it, there's a hundred. It has to be. Yeah, ex- I, that's exactly where I was going to go. One hundred sixty-two baseball games, and people and go for some kid. You know, I, I get it. Like, it, it, but there's it's two different conversations. I think. Well, you know, but it, it, it is two different conversations. But I think that, like, you know, you talk about not losing fans. Well, you know, how do you if if you people get less opportunity to come and have that tactile feel of being in the arena. Like, yeah, I mean, I think, you Seth, know, I think that speaks to the idea of like, how do you organically grow fans? Is it by exposing it to them on TV with stakes mattering more? Or is it the fact that like, if you can take a kid to a basketball game, do they fall in love? I, you know, like I, I, I do think like I, I, it's two different conversations, but I do think like they're equally important conversations from a business. I'm model. almost, I, I'm almost like, I like, stakes mattering to the fans like i'm kind of off that if the if if the game is important enough for the players to play hard then then it then that's what the, they're going to go out and you know yeah the player the playoffs are a different thing but that's a different thing and that's been we've we've kind of established that already if the, if the game is well competed and and everyone is given you know that then it's enjoyable on its own merit and that's where this whole thing comes from anyway and so I think a lot of the problems that we run into with like the reactionizing is like trying to like imbue every game with this with this sort of me- like in the independent meaning of what is oh Harden scored 60 what does it mean it's just like Harden scored 60 that was cool like you know that like if if we in game to game we can treat it like that and then over a week over you know two weeks a month half a season then we can start to say you know okay what is this what is this portend for it's it, the the part where I think we kind of run into the overwhelming negativity is when NBA games get treated like you know as equal importance to NFL games. It's like oh we lost the game. It's devastating. This is we had a chance to send a message and we didn't and blah blah blah. It's like no we you know we you know we played hard. We tried some stuff. We missed shots. We'll play again Tuesday. It'll be fine. Um, if people you know the people in the stands had fun. Let's move on. Let's keep it moving uh, instead of this this you know. You know the, the this operatic yeah, performance it, about it everything not, that went wrong, and that I think that 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 necessarily plays into like the culture of of and you know obviously you know us doing what we do, we play into this somewhat, and so I'm kind of biting the hand that feeds me a little bit, but still like you know that's like that kind of negativity in terms of treating everything as you know vital importance and everything must go perfectly rather than you know something improvisational and fun that happens three times a week. Yeah, it's it is kind of funny. And Waz, I'm curious what you think about this. It's kind of funny hearing what Seth's saying there. It does feel a little hypocritical that so often we're like, look, guys, it's, it's sports. It's not life or death, right? And yeah. then and then it gets to the scarcity or lack thereof of NBA games. We're like, well, there needs to be more life and death in these games. Because I mean, that's <laughs> right, like, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe we should. Maybe they do the tournament, but they suspend a person over the court. If you lose the tournament. You're suspended for a month. <laughs> also, also the the concept, even the conversation around ratings is angst amongst media members about right. basically your own job security. That's if right. These games don't matter, and nobody's watching it, and it's not generating income for everything in and around the game. Then that makes my job more vulnerable, right? Like that's that's the. The sort of that's what's driving the conversation in media, I think. Because oh, if you're a sure. fan, for why sure. the hell should I care what the ratings are? Yeah, you know, the, like if yeah, I like somebody's music, it. I don't care what they sold. Please like my sport. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, it becomes hockey to a certain extent, right? Like, yeah, uh, you know what I'm saying. So I, I think that's what's driving the entire conversation. It, a lot of it is media, where it's like, you know, my my own livelihood depends on this thing being popular. So it it takes an outsized importance in the conversation. Whereas again, like, if I like a, a band, I don't really care what they sold first week or how much they can charge a, a you know for tickets. It's like. I like their music, and this is what I'm listening to. I'm not sure why. They sold out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) They went pop. The NBA went pop was. That's that's the problem right right now, damn it. I liked it better when they were indie and, and, you know, just giving out big tapes. And and having finals games on tape delay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's also also the real ones know. (laughs) <laughs> they were selling they were selling tapes of finals games out of the back of their trunk oh <laughs> uh, it's okay if you can't catch all the nba games right like that's okay just like it's okay if you can't catch all the sneaker releases but have you ever wondered how to get the hottest new sneakers if you miss them on those releases was you ever wondered that like, like oh i missed out on these shoes like i I wish there was a way to get them. There is no, a way to get I them. I go to StockX all the time. Yeah, you go to StockX. That's the answer. It's a revolutionary new marketplace for buying and selling 100% authentic sneakers, streetwear, watches, and handbags. Dave, I've been eyeing these, uh, these KD12 uh, EYBL Nationals. Yes. I see all these players wearing them at least in, in pregame warm-ups. And look, I'll admit, looking at them online, wasn't really a fan. I was like, eh, they, like I don't dislike those shoes. But I wasn't in love with them. Seeing them in person, I'm like, I need a pair of these. That's you can't how get I them. felt about the PG uh, NASA ones. Yeah. Those look good in person. I think yes. they look like garbage in just a picture, but on in person, like, they look good. So, you know, they're not available. These EYBL nationals are not available in stores anywhere. Um, can't get them on any apps, except I can get them on StockX. And I can make sure that they're real. Because StockX goes through to ensure authenticity. Was there's none of these New York Street knockoffs that we're buying. That's not happening. They go through and make sure you never get burned by fakes. They remove all the risk from buying and selling online. You get the hottest, hardest to find kicks without having to deal with a random buyer or seller ever again. They use the same principles as the stock market to make buying and selling as safe and easy as possible. Provides real-time market data for intelligent buying and selling. Gives you access to tons of historical price data. You see exactly how much. So you know if it's a good deal or not, guys. You know it's a good deal or not. One in on all the hype. You go to StockX.com slash B-Ball. You get a surprise offer that won't be around for long. That's StockX.com slash B-Ball. Check it out today. One of my favorite things that only I feel like NYC is the only place in America where this happens, uh, where inevitably you'll see a tourist, a group of tourists, it's like seven of them, and you know they're visiting from Nebraska, and they're following a homie who has three, like, obviously knockoff designer bags strapped to yes. his chest. Yeah. And, and they're following, yeah, they're following him right to that blink because they can't believe that knockoffs, this perfect, actually exist. And then Hold you on. go back to Omaha, and nobody's going to know the difference. Hey, hey, you got to, so... I lived in South Korea for a year, and that was like the thing, like the knockoffs in South Korea. Oh my God. Yeah, they're the greatest yeah, when in the world. People visit Korea or China, they call back home and be like, "Look, they got some pretty good knockoffs. Uh-huh. Somebody wants them." It happens all the time. But yeah, it, um, <laughs> so StockX <laughs> is the opposite yeah. of that. You're not gonna end up, you're not gonna end up with some Jordans, right? You're not gonna no, yeah no. some some Air Gordons. Yeah, exactly. None of the, none of that. Uh, guys, I wanted to play a little game I like to call Fraud or Foe. Fraud. 
in regards to the race for the Eastern Conference Championship. Best players I've ever seen in my life can play with anybody. We've got surging teams, the Milwaukee Bucks, a little bit of an easy schedule, but they cannot be beaten right now, right? They're just, I think, what is it, 12 in a row now, something like that? They're on top of the NBA uh, at 17-3. and three. Um, We've got the Toronto Raptors surging. We've got the Miami Heat playing those Toronto Raptors tonight. Those Heat are very, very good. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers dominating at home. Let's throw the Celtics into the mix, too, just so those, uh, those fellows up in Boston don't, don't get angry, Was We know we don't want them angry. As of right now, let's go fraud or foe for winning the Eastern Conference. We'll start off, Seth, with the Milwaukee Bucks. Fraud or foe? I think I know where you're going on this one. <laughs> uh, no Wait. comments? Yeah, we have a, we have a no comments. Dave, Dave, let's go to fraud or foe on the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> um, yeah, we have a no Bucks policy on Nerder. Uh, so uh, the Bucks. I mean, listen, Giannis is going to do this bell to bell again. He's going to get the back to back MVP. I think that, you know, I, I don't want to say show it to me in the playoffs because I'm, I'm out on that. Um, but I, I think that, I think they're real. I, I think this is going to be the best team in the East this year. They've been fantastic. They've not missed a beat. Giannis looks better somehow. Um, that Julius Randle dunk was just insane. Oh, my God. What? How rude. It's disgusting. What? A, like, you know. Like he should get fined for that. Julius Randle's a man-sized NBA player, <laughs> and he just got—I mean—body. What's incredible about that dunk is Giannis did it from outside the restricted circle. Yeah, it, nuts. So yeah, I, I mean, I think they're real. So, uh, foe, foe, is that foe, what it is? Yeah, foe, foe for the yeah. Okay, foe, exactly. Yeah, not a yeah, problem. Yeah. Foe. Uh, <laughs> Waz, our noted Bucks uh, disliker. I wouldn't say hater, but noted Bucks disliker. Waz, fraud or foe for the Bucks winning the East? I, I still think it's fraud. Uh, and, and it's mainly because fraud. I just think what they're doing in a playoff setting against somebody like Philly is it's very simple to figure out. And it's like, yeah, go ahead, Brooke Lopez, make threes again. You know, like, shoot. Just, they're just going to let these guys shoot. I don't think they're going to make enough big shots. Eric Bledsoe is my brother. I love him to death. But, you know, is he going to be this impressive in the playoffs? That's yet to be seen. He's yet to do it. You know, he's got to go out there and actually show and prove. I just don't, I just think in the regular season, because Giannis is so great and he's willing to play so hard every single night. Yeah, they're going to get 60 something wins and it's going to look great some nights. But in a playoff setting where it's just straight up Giannis, every single possession down the court gets the ball at the top of the key and has to figure it out. Possession after possession against a locked-in, keyed-in team with amazing athletes, uh, guys with veteran savvy and know-how, and a willingness to execute every you know defensive game plan, which I think Philly will be when by the time we get to April and May. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not believing in them coming out the East, and I even think somebody like Toronto could give them fits. Well, hold on, we'll get we'll get there, we'll get there, but. Uh, I believe we've reconnected with Seth now. I believe we got him back on the line as we move to the Philadelphia 76ers. Fraud or foe after pummeling the Utah Jazz last night at home. They're perfect at home, Seth. Fraud or foe for the Sixers winning the East? Uh, I, I, I've thought the Sixers were going to win the East kind of all, all offseason, and kind of nothing has really happened to to, to change that. They're, we've talked about this on Nerder a lot. They're, they're never going to look super pretty. Because just the offensive talent they have is is weird and oddly fitting, but their defense is can play with anybody. 
basically, as long as uh, Joel Embiid plays, their defense is great. And, th- and not even, you know, when he's on the court, it's just games he plays. They they have 48 center minutes that, that are between him and Horford. And so they are always have kind of a, a, an all an all defense level anchor and kind of build out from there. Uh, and, you know, they're they're huge and athletic and and for they hope have just enough shot making to 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 get them get them over the line. So I think that they are um, uh, certainly right there for for the team to beat in the East. Waz, what about you? I, I've been with Seth for for this on on the Sixers. They were my pick to win the East uh, in the preseason, although I will say. I'm a little worried about them offensively. Like I, I just I don't know, like I. I think maybe it's just because Joel Embiid hasn't been that consistent this season. But Waz, are you going fraud or foe for winning the East? I'm still foe, uh, and it's because in the off season, like their moves, so many moving parts. It's like we got rid of Jimmy Butler, we we acquired Al Horford, uh, add Josh Richardson to the mix. Um, again, they're thin. I think depth wise, they're just basically a six man team at this point. But I just think talent wise. They're much more talented than the Bucs. They're much more talented than the Celtics. Uh, I don't, again, like on offense, it's going to be weird when your main perimeter guy is somebody who can't shoot and your best player needs to be near the basket to be most effective. So that's always going to be a complicated, clumsy fit. But I just think talent-wise, they're the best team, and I think they can get to a gear defensively against anybody anybody in the East where – no, nobody's going to score enough to beat them. Dave, fraud or foe, the Sixers? Well, as you know, I, I thought I thought the Sixers had a good shot at winning the finals. Um, my one concern was their offense. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's proven to be kind of rough. I mean, Joel Embiid might be their best shot creator. That's not ideal uh, because he's having to do too much away from the basket. He, Al Horford, he, does, he does work so hard for his buckets. Yeah, there's some weird stuff with Al Horford that I don't quite get. I, I think Simmons has been fantastic, you know, for all the haranguing about him not shooting threes or not shooting, you know, outside of the restricted area, really. Um, I still think he's been been really, really good. But, you know, I just don't trust the offense. And and uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm starting to feel like they're frauds. Wow. Fraud. Wow. Wow. Dave going fraud on the Sixers. I know. I, I need to see more, but it's starting to look that way. Fraudadelphia. <laughs> Dave is still holding out hope for his, uh, was it Warriors Raptors finals? Is that what you rematch? <laughs> hey, it's not over yet. Pick? We'll go hey, to the uh, we'll go to the Raptors now, Dave. Dave. I'm going to bring that up every hey, time. Don't worry, Dave. Here we Dave, go. Fraud or Rap- foe? Are Raptors they going to get a reshot? They're foe. Raptors are foe. Pascal Siakam is right behind Giannis in the MVP race to me. It's December and, uh, second. December third. We're not doing MVP race. Hey, yeah, we are, we're a quarter of the way through the season. We're almost yeah. there. When we get to uh, February, we'll start talking awards. And and I I think that uh, this team doesn't have a lot of flaws, and they've got a really great coach who does a lot of creative stuff, and, and he can throw teams off. I mean, it, you know, we saw it last year. I mean, broke out the box and won which is some of the most basic high school stuff you could do, but it never gets used in the NBA. And so he's willing to try new things and experiment. And I, I think that that, you know, that matters quite a bit when you, especially once you get into the playoffs. So yeah, man, I think they're foe. I think they got a really good shot to come out of the East. Seth, fraud or foe, Toronto Raptors winning the East. Seth. Seth. 
You're muted. Oh, sorry. I, I was mute. Yeah, muted. Um, no, I'm I'm going to pump the brakes a little bit, uh, especially like when you start to rely on saying that Siakam is right there in the MVP race. That's like I he's he he started the year crazy. Uh, he's he's cooled off a little bit. Like he's, he's he, yeah, he's come back. I mean, he's still having a he's having a really nice year. But you look, you know, he you don't often see a guy get like more efficient and higher usage and start of the year. He's kind of doing that. And now kind of what you would normally expect when a guy takes on a bigger load is he's not doing as well. And that's, and that's kind of what we're, he's, he's like I said, coming back down to earth a little bit now, as they get, get a little healthier, you know, they get, they work Lowry Ibaka back in, maybe that, that makes it easier for him. Maybe kind of some of the depth they've discovered with guys like Terrence Davis, uh, shouts to John Hollinger, who's been singing his praises all year. Um, I think they're a really good team and, and they, they're, they're going to be a tough out in the playoff. It's just, I, I have, I still have just a hard time seeing them in a, in a seven game series beating, uh, Milwaukee or Philly. Like it's, I, it's still all of the teams that kind of have a chance against those two. I would say Boston is more likely than Toronto as in a playoff series as of right now was. Fraud or foe, your beloved Toronto Raptors. Didn't it's you abandon fraud. them this year? It's, no, no, no. I didn't abandon them. I didn't pick them to go to the finals. No, like, that's not them. an abandonment. <laughs> I still am a big Siakam fan, big Van Vliet fan. Um, yeah, they're fraud. You know, this is this wow. for the same wow. for the same reason though. Like the idea that they could get to the finals, no fraud, no, no chance. And a lot of it, and uh, cr- credit to Coach Nick Nurse. Uh, the team plays really hard. They out-effort most teams on most nights, which in the regular season matters. And I always bring up those Tibbs Chicago Bulls teams where Nate Robinson was their best offensive player and they'd win 44 games. And then they get curb stomped in the playoffs, right? Uh, and that's because everybody's giving their best effort in the playoffs. It's not, you know, it's not a premium the way it is in the regular season. I think you're seeing a lot of that with Toronto. They're just getting amazing effort night in and night out also og ananobi's got like a 62 true shooting <sighs> i mean <laughs> come on <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that can't be sustainable uh, they're fraud they're fraud all right what about the team that they face tonight the miami heat dave fraud or foe on the heat winning the east oh fraud fraud on winning the east fraud on winning the east i mean they're all right let's, let's go let's go fraud or foe eastern conference finals uh, I'd say fraud on that too. They're, they're getting a lot out of a couple of rookies. You know, Kendrick Nunn and, and Tyler Harrow have been good, really good. But to expect that to happen all year, I, I think is, you know, unrealistic. Uh, Jimmy Butler has fit perfectly on that team so far. How long does that last? You know, is he going to blow up on someone and ruin the locker room chemistry? I don't know. Um, I, I just, they are, they are playing really, really well. Spo is doing a great job, but I, I just don't think they have enough talent to to make the conference finals. Waz, what about you? Fraud or foe for the the Heat making the conference finals? Yeah, just insert my Raptors take and <laughs> plug and play here. Like Spo is a because they got a great coach. coach. Yeah. yeah, like and he gets these guys to play really hard every single night, but. Talent-wise, like, you know, Justice Winslow's going to kill me from three in a playoff. Like, they're not going to have enough shot making. I love Tyler Hero. 
don't get it twisted. Uh, he's somebody that we're constantly watching on the um, NBA style power rankings. Oh, make where sure can you, you check read that, that out? That, on the athletic. Oh, on the uh, athletic. Make sure okay, you read right. that every single Tuesday. We drop that. Uh, I love what he's doing as a rookie. He's actually been showing some signs like, wow, this guy's going to be a good NBA player um, in the future. But again, what are we really talking about here? We're talking about a team that plays hard, gives maximum uh, effort on defense. Offensively, I, I don't see how they could for seven games against a Keaton defense, make Goran Dragic and Jimmy Butler premium offensive players and shot creators. No, thank you. Wow. Seth, are you going to sweep this uh, fraud Miami Heat sentiment with the conference yeah, finals? Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree. With, like there, you know, you, you talked, Waz kind of talked about the the sort of the regular season tryhard factor with the Raptors. And the heat, I think this is more applies to the Heat because, you know, like again, they play really hard and, they 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 are they're going to win games because they don't give any minutes to bad players. But aside from Jimmy Butler, like who are their guys who are going to have an advantage? You know, second over their guy, uh, and and Butler against you know kind of second round and, and above level opponents that might be more of a wash. But any of their other guys going to have? It's not a you know it's not a one versus one matchup. But if we're talking just talent, like which of their guys is going to you line you line you know the heat up against whoever. And which of their guys is going to be better than his opposition uh, once you get to like the, the top top four in the East? And aside from Butler, I'm, you know, love Bam Adebayo, but, you know, you put him up, Bam Adebayo or Pascal Siakam, Bam Adebayo or Giannis. Like those aren't hard choices. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, I guess that's all the teams that matter in these. Oh, I'm sorry. The Boston Celtics. I almost forgot about the Boston Celtics. Was fraud or foe? Boston Celtics winning the East. <laughs> Sorry, the freaking landscaper is right outside my door. Um, <laughs> blowing these stuff. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it, do we even need to ask me this? It's, it's fraud. <laughs> Dave, fraud or foe, the Boston Celtics. Yeah, or, I mean, and should, yeah. I, should I have to adjust it to just conference finals? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I you know, I think that's a, that's a actually a really good question, Zach. Like, like, what does it mean to be a contender, right? Does it mean you're making the conference finals? Does it mean you're top four? I think they're clearly a top four in the East. They, they've been fantastic. Stevens is doing a really great job, even on the offensive end. He, like, he's, you know, they're still not getting to the free throw line, but, I mean, it's hard to argue with the results. They've been really, really good. Kemba's been fantastic. And even when he's down, other guys are picking up. So, um, you know, I think they're a top four team in the East. I, I, I don't know if they can get it done, you know, to make a run at the finals. Um, they, it still feels like they're like a piece away. And, uh, you know, is Rob Williams going to going to show the no, growth? I can, that tell, he, I can tell you. No. I can tell you. Right. Right. He's, exactly. not, he's not good. Like he might be good someday. But like, and, right. yeah, he he's shows flashes. But like Mitchell Robinson shows flashes. Right. But he's not good. Right. And, and that's what they need. It, like his passing, if he can get to be because he's actually a really talented pastor is just inconsistent. And then, you know, his effort is great, but it's, you know, there's, there's the IQ stuff like the, the low IQ plays sometimes counteract the high IQ plays. So um, I, I just don't think they have enough to, to make a finals run, but you know, they're a really good team. I think uh, they've surprised me quite a bit. Well, fraud. Fraud. <laughs> Here, let me let me spend five minutes giving you confidence. Really frauds. Uh, Seth, what about you? Fraud or foe for the Boston Celtics? So they're an interesting one because, like, I think in a playoff series they'd have no chance against Philly. Right. Just like, 
like they they just don't have you know you're gonna you're gonna go up against it like Embiid and Horford in a series with with you know with you know Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, and Ennis Cantor and come out the other side. I don't I don't think so. Um, and so that's just like from a matchup standpoint, that's the heart. But like at the same time, like do they have a move to make to add kind of just like a you know a, a credible bigger body who can you know if they could somehow if they could somehow get Aaron Baines back, which of course they can't. But if they had Aaron, if they how good would they how would how good would they be if they had Aaron Baines? Not even Al Horford. If they just had right, Aaron yeah. Baines. Oh, if they had Aaron like, Baines with this team, like I'd probably believe in them being capable. Yeah. And For it's sure. just every like like uh, I've never been a huge Jason Tatum guy, but he's he's showing me some stuff. Um, uh, you know, I both both of the Williams I I, I think are 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 super fun, interesting, potential laden guys. Like, right. uh, but potential, uh, yeah, but not yeah. this and, year, right? Like, I mean, I think no, I think as a you know as a spot you know kind of a Chuck Hayes style like fire hydrant backup center. Like I think Grant Williams can, can, can give them some good minutes like in, in the postseason. I mean, he's never going to be certainly not this year going to be any sort of dynamic score, but you can give him something. Um, I can't wait and, for like, Danny Ainge's uh, Sloan presentation on Grant Williams. Is that on too the, inside? On, the, on, on that, the screens. Is that way too inside? The, no, it'll, be on, it'll be on the screens. He sets. Yeah. The, the Celtics will be the second team to give a shit about screen assists. Behind the Utah Jazz. <laughs> Behind the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my man. God. That's, that's hey. Have you heard that Rudy Gobert is leading the league in screen assists? Good Lord. And dunks. And dunks. Oh. He set the record for dunks hey. that we started tracking eight years ago. God. Oh, I hate the screen assists so much. Like I get. I get why I get it. it sort of matters. It's just but not. It, real. But it's also like to me, it it's matter. like. Remember when, it's we not gave, real. remember when we gave a shit about like hockey assists, right? Secondary assists, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, like we cared about that when it first started tracking. And then within a year, it was like, no one referenced it ever again. Well, it's because people average like one and a half a game. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. It wasn't actually the impact that we thought it was. Yeah. No. It's, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll get, they'll get me out of so, way so, off. Yeah. So fraud. yeah. It, well, like the, screen it, assist, fraud or like, foe. Ru, like, screen no, Rudy Go, fraud. Uh, Ru, Rudy Gobert, foe. Like, <laughs> but the screen assists are not why. But right. uh, anyway, back to like, like the Celtics, I'm kind of halfway in between kind of they're good in the right matchup. And if they made just like one small move or Robert Williams kind of like flips a little bit of a switch, like, so like right. they have outs to, to get there. Yeah. I mean, I, my, my dream scenario for the Celtics is trading for Steven Adams. Like, and I know that becomes a yeah. tough, a tough trade to make work right with the, with the workable contracts. I mean, someone sent me a, I'm assuming a Celtics fan sent me a uh, a trade in which it's a three team deal that that I don't think would ever happen because it involves like Gallinari to the Hornets and Miles Bridges to the Celtics and like all these picks and whatever to the Thunder and all this stuff. But it oh, essentially was Miles Bridges just as a throw into the yeah well yeah right. But it was essentially <laughs> Stephen Adams. The Celtics part of it was they were giving up a pick and Gordon Hayward out into that three team yeah. universe for Stephen <laughs> Adams and so. So they said Adams is poss- Adams to Boston is possible, but is it worth it? And just that alone of like Adams for Gordon Hayward, yes, that's a hundred percent worth it to me. Like yeah. I'm like, yeah, like Gordon Hayward's good. Don't get me wrong, but Adams 
turns this team right. into a contender, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, even in a vacuum, if you have to think about it, it's just like right. for well, if you already have you know Tatum and Brown, like okay, well, and and your center is Ennis Cantor, like, gee, does this make us better? Like, yeah, hundred percent. Right. Exactly. Um, I was <laughs> one more thing before we go. Uh, were you guys watching the Sixers Jazz game last night? on uh, on NBA TV because there was a point where the Sixers broadcast was just shitting all over Rudy Gobert's offensive game. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just mocking how little he had outside of just rim run dunks. Yeah. And it was, it was mostly, it wasn't, it wasn't so much Mark Zumoff, although he was, he was definitely in on it, but it was mostly just Allah Abdenali just shitting all over Rudy Gobert. But it was, <laughs> It was uh, that that great defensive bulwark right. of his day, Al Abdel Navi. <laughs> but it was <laughs> hilarious. Like there's that, still that, such a pettiness for this Simmons Mitchell thing. Yeah, that is extended to the against the broadcast now in and Rudy Gobert, and, and he went 11 and 15 that, for 27 way. points. Yeah, well. So yeah. if you want, Zach, have you have you heard the the Sixers radio call from last year? Oh yeah, from when Eric Bledsoe oh, fired God. the ball. Yeah, at, like that One of the most is disgraceful crazy. things I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like it's like almost like they got Jim Ross to come in right, for, for five minutes. By God, that man has a family. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, for whatever I want to say, it was sometime late second quarter. Maybe it was even into the third quarter. But if you just go back and rewatch those few minutes, you'll find at some point Al Abdinali shitting all over Rudy Gobert's game on offense, at least. And it was a lot of like just placebo qualifiers. Like, no, we know he's you know let the league in dunks. Like, it was yeah, there's like, been there's been there's never been a situation where like the media has forced a dominant defensive big man to try to do things he can't on offense to satisfy some imaginary you know archetype of what. Yeah, no, I keep. Uh, excuse, excuse me while I eat my barbecue do. chicken he lunch. He, yeah, he gets paid to be one of the best defensive players in the league and rim run. Like that's his right. Like and the, he's good at it. Again, in that game, eleven of fifteen from the field, twenty-seven right. points. Like it's it's not enough. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. He needed to he needed to have missed four jump hooks. Then he would Jeez. have had a really nice night. Not, also, you know, and, and but also at this at the same time, like Donovan Mitchell's way better than Ben Simmons and always will be. Wow. We're going to lob that grenade into the podcast and walk out for Ethan Strauss for Seth Partner, for Dave DeFore, for Wazzy Lambert, for Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. Thanks for subscribing to the podcast. I don't know if you haven't, go subscribe on any podcast feed or subscribe to the old athletic. And uh, make sure you get all these and you can get these ad free if you're listening on the, on the regular feeds. So subscribe to the athletic. Thanks for listening. This has been Back to Back Podcast.